Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. Today is Friday, December 21st, 2018. Sorry I'm a little late this week. You can thank Microsoft or some other such internet technology for that problem. But today, I will continue my year-end review with some thoughts about the economy. Today is also the last Friday before Christmas. That makes next week the week of Christmas, so I will not be with you next Friday. But God willing, I will return two weeks from today, and that will be Friday, January 4, 2019. So, today is the day that the government of the United States is supposed to shut down because Congress is so hamstrung by politics that it will not pass a budget as the Constitution requires it to do. The government, therefore, continues from year to year, from month to month, on a series of continuing resolutions this year. The President has said he will take personal responsibility for shutting down the government if he does not get $5 billion for construction of a wall on the southern border. The Democrats, once again, led by Nancy Pelosi, say that will never happen. So if no compromises reached, let's look at what would actually be shut down. The Republicans have already managed to pass budgets this year for about 75 percent of government agencies such as defense, education, labor, health, and human services, Social Security, and Medicare. So no threatening or intimidating seniors that they won't get their checks or medical care. The remaining 25 percent of government will lose its funding at midnight tonight, so if no compromise is reached. Upon shutdown, some employees deemed to be essential, such as Border Patrol and ICE, will keep working and getting paid non-essential employees, which will apparently be several hundred thousand people, will be furloughed. They will end up getting a paid vacation as usual. But I've often wondered why we need so many non-essential employees. Many positive things have happened with the economy this year. For example, due to the lessening of anti-fracking regulations by President Trump, America is very close to achieving energy independence and has become one of the world's leading exporters of oil and natural gas. The fracking revolution in energy is being felt throughout the economy as lower prices take effect. Here in my city of Memphis, Tennessee, the price for a gallon of regular gas has fallen below $2. If it's cheaper to deliver goods, then the price of goods should be lower. Demand for those goods should be higher. Regulations have been reduced in many other areas as well. Manufacturing is starting to return to America, resulting in more people working and fewer people on the unemployment rolls. Trade deals have been completed with Mexico and Canada and pressure on China and Germany is starting to weaken some of the trade disparity that we have seen with those trading partners. Despite all those positives, and I'm sure there are many more, there are ominous signs hanging over the United States economy right now. First, remember what government actually is, an organization with a monopoly on force within a certain geographical area. Government is the only organization that can legally use force against people who haven't harmed anyone. Government, in its very essence, is force, and everything that people normally think of coming from the government is taken from the members of society by force. Government is, therefore, very dangerous, always threatening to overwhelm the society it is supposed to protect, so it must be strictly limited. The necessity of strict limits has not been adhered to by our representatives, and that failure has caused most 
of the problems I am about to discuss with you. Granted, some of these problems can be resolved by high growth, or at least that's what government often tells us. I'm certain, certainly for tax cuts. I often wish my tax burden could be lessened, but tax cuts need to be accompanied by spending cuts to match them because that is the road to fiscal solvency. We are told that the tax cuts will pay for themselves. It worked for Reagan and it will work now. That's good. I hope it's accurate. But let's look at some members, some numbers as they exist right now. The official debt of the United States now stands at $21.7 trillion and it rises every day, every hour, every minute. The interest on that $21.7 trillion currently stands at $263 billion per year. That amount reflects the almost zero rates held low by the Federal Reserve during the entire Obama presidency. In order to reduce the government's burden and to encourage indebted people to borrow even more, much of the current debt is short-term, meaning it has to be rolled over at maturity. So in addition to $21.7 trillion of debt, there is now about $1 trillion of new debt that has to be floated each year. What happens if all that debt can no longer be financed? At current interest rates, rates are now on the way up. The Fed seems committed to continuing that policy, raising interest rates in the face of a stock market struggling to maintain itself at even for the year seems like insanity, or else someone has an agenda to intentionally damage the market and the economy. Yes, the Fed, through its chairman, Jerome Powell, just announced another rate increase this week, which will take rates from 25 to about 2.5%, and the decision to raise at least twice again next year was also announced. That is an ominous sign of things to come. If rates climb to 12%, a level reached in the early 80s, the interest alone would be $2.5 trillion per year. So you can see that government survival depends on keeping interest rates low. $263 billion represents 7% of the current spending. But what would it be with rates at 10 to 12% by the end of 2018, the U.S. Treasury will issue over $1.3 trillion in new debt, or more than twice as much as last year. Financial analysts expect the deficit to hit $1.5 trillion in 2019. That's assuming there is no recession. That means that the federal government is expected to spend $1.5 trillion more than it takes in next year if there's a recession, no matter how mild, and the Fed seems committed to starting one. Tax revenue will be reduced and the deficit will no longer be that high. It will be even higher. Trillion dollar deficits mean a lot of de new debt, a lot of new treasuries to finance it. Rising government debt along with rising interest rates indicates that the Fed is trying to slow the economy. That's not good news for those of us who work, pay taxes, pay house notes, car payments, credit card payments, medical bills, and the like. What can we in the middle class do to prevent or fix this? Nothing. But there are some protective actions you might consider, by the way. Don't worry about the rich. They'll be okay because they can liquidate a few investments. Hire enough bankers, lawyers, and accountants to get by. Likewise for the poor. Because first of all, they have nothing much to lose. And second, the government will make sure they don't lose that. What about the rest of us then? What can... The 50% who actually pay taxes, what will be just 
we will be destroyed and driven to the bottom unless we can take some preventative action such as liquidating past financial mistakes and paying down and ideally getting out of debt even if we use the government's own forecast, which assumes no recessions ever, no wars ever, no other kind of crises ever, the federal debt will continue its growth and within 10 years we'll hit $35 trillion. Who will buy all this paper? Or said differently, who will lend the money so the government continue, can continue its spendthrift ways? It sure doesn't look like it will be the Federal Reserve, folks. The Fed accommodated President Obama by creating all the new currency units he wanted, then creating even more currency units to buy the debt from the government. The Fed currently holds about 11% of U.S. Treasuries and is apparently not going to do Donald Trump the same favor. Instead, it is trying to unload the trillions it bought from Obama. This selling of Treasuries by the Fed and others will undoubtedly push interest rates higher. China and Japan are large holders of treasuries, and both are doing the same thing the Fed is doing, foreigners. Mostly China and Japan hold about 32% of U.S. treasuries, and they seem unwilling to help with the financial problems of the U.S. China started selling its in September. Don't expect it to stop as long as trade tensions run high. China has sold twice as much as Japan has sold twice as much as China as a percentage and Russia has reduced its holdings by 86%. This selling by foreigners will help drive up U.S. interest rates as the supply grows, but demand shrinks. At current levels, not with a trillion-plus added, but at current levels, 1% rise in rates means an additional $210 billion in interest payments. If rates rose to their historic averages, the interest payments would exceed the current defense budget. What's going on here? What does all this mean? First of all, it means that the welfare warfare state that has been building since the end of World War II has grown so large that the U.S. can no longer afford the interest payments to finance it. The risk of higher and higher debt levels will continue the upward trend of rates. The good news is that GDP, our gross domestic product, has increased 35 percent since 2008, so the U.S is becoming more and more productive, but the bad news is the national debt has increased 122%. As of today, the debt-to-GDP ratio stands just above 106%. That means that America produces more debt than it produces goods and services. Federal spending has increased 7% this fiscal year, but tax revenues only 1%. In conclusion, then, we don't have to speculate whether or not the deep state is out to get Donald Trump. It is obvious for anyone to see that the power elite want to overturn the results of the 2016 election. And using a corrupt FBI, CIA, and Justice Department to frame several members of his administration on unrelated charges is one of its methods. The second method appears to be an attack by the Federal Reserve along with a few foreign governments. The Fed creates more debt by raising interest rates, but then will not only not buy it, but sells what it has, thus tanking the economy. Finally, folks, is the Fed and the rest of the deep state trying to destroy Trump by collapsing the U.S. economy? And is the deep state and the Fed evil enough to destroy the American middle class in order to do the political will of its masters? One of those is open to discussion, but the other you can make book on. 
At least that's the way I see it. Till next time, folks, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.